We are doing Akrura's vision, chapter 39, canto 10, part 2 from the Srimad Bhagavatam. So yesterday we we did a chapter about Akrura who is coming to meet Krishna. And finally he meets him. But Akrura has given us a lot of spiritual knowledge. So today we are going to do further than that. Now this today's chapter is called Akrura's vision. <clears throat> Sukhdev Goswami said, having been honored so much by Lord Balram and Lord Krishna, Akrura seated comfortably on a couch, felt that all the desires he had contemplated on the road were now fulfilled. So Akrura has met Krishna and Balram and he feels that everything that he had thought of, I want Krishna to do this and I will meet him like this and I will touch his feet and so on and so forth and Krishna will embrace me and he will give me his blessings and so on and then Balram will take me to his house and feed me so on and so forth. Everything was fulfilled as of now. So he says, my dear king, what is unattainable for one who has satisfied the supreme personality of Godhead, the shelter of the goddess of fortune? Even so, those who are dedicated to his devotional service never want anything from him. Every material being wants something or the other from the Lord. He goes with an agenda. The agenda is, I want this and I want that. And the agenda is always about personal wants. It's all about, uh, can I have money, can I have power, can I have fame, fortune, so on and so forth. Everything is so material worldly. But the devotees have only one or two things to ask for. One is they want the darshan. And second one is they want to show the devotion. Darshan means to meet the person, to see the person, physically experience the person, the divine. And the second one is to show the devotion. The devotion could be shown in any form. It could be in the form of a puja, an arti, you know, touching the feet or embracing or so. These are different, different kinds of show of emotion, the way we express ourselves. So, for the material worldly people, it is the material worldly wants. And for the spiritual people, that is those who are devotees of that particular divinity, their job is only to ask for darshan and prayer to him. Beyond that, they don't ask anything. So, they will never want anything in return. After the evening meal, Lord Krishna, the son of Devaki, asked Akrura how Kamsa was treating their dear relative and friends and what the king was planning to do. The Supreme Lord said, My dear gentle uncle Ankurura, we are your trip was your trip here comfortable? May all good fortune be yours. Are our well wishing friends and our relatives both close and distant, happy and in good health? This is called the common courtesy. It is, imp- it is very very important to extend courtesy. First, you welcome the person in the house. Second, you offer them some water or some sort of a small refreshment. You know, take them for a wash. Bring them back. Speak to them a few words. Then give them food. After offering them food, then the next thing to do is let them become comfortable. After become comfortable, ask them, Hal Chal. You know, Hal Chal, 
how are things isn't it the thing that we do even in our normal life how is the weather i mean the britishers would say how is the weather in your country but in our case baki sab theek thak means how is your relatives how are your friends how is your place is everything all right in your place so these are protocols we have to follow them and even when a person has come for a very very important job maybe you know to convey a certain meaning that has to wait for some time i mean those who have done dealings with people in certain parts of the world you know whether it is some sort of a deal in the in the sense that you are you are clicking a sales deal or you are selling something or something like that or maybe it's a very very important meeting 95% of the time from the beginning to the 95th percent of that time you are not saying anything except talking about things which are not concerned with the main crux of the matter you will find that people take you out for lunch and dinner and drinks and this and that and show you the place around and after all that is over we come to the main important crux of the matter which is discussed in a very short and sweet manner and finished off even in marathi we have a saying adi potoba mag vithoba means first you have to fill your stomach and then you have to meet god that means the important work can be done later on first you have to fill your stomach that means first you ensure that you are doing your duty towards the person concerned who has come as a atithi <clears throat> my dear akrura as long as king kamsa that disease of our family who goes by the name maternal uncle is still prospering why should i even bother to ask about the well being of our family members and his other subjects is not that krishna doesn't know now imagine this is a very very interesting thing these words are put in a young boy's mouth krishna was 8 or 10 years old at the max during these words do you think or a 8 or a 10 year old has this idea about wishing somebody or so there is something which is very strange in this isn't it so let us continue just see how much suffering i have caused my offenseless parents because of me their sons were killed and they themselves imprisoned now krishna is putting the blame on himself okay how does he say he says you see because of me my parents are imprisoned over there because of me you know so many people got killed his previous brothers and sisters remember huh? they were killed by kamsa and rest of the people have been imprisoned so krishna is saying this to akrura by good fortune we have today fulfilled our desire to see you our dear relative <clears throat> oh gentle uncle please tell us why you have come sukdev goswami said in response to the supreme lord's request akrura the descendant of madhu described the whole situation including king kamsa's enmity towards the yadus and his attempt to murder vasudev now akrura is telling krishna the entire scene what has happened and he is updating him of 
the entire situation. Akurura relayed the message he had been sent to deliver. He also described Kamsa's real intentions and how Narada had informed Kamsa that Krishna has been born as a son of Vasudev. Now, this is the entire link which is getting completed. Remember, Narada had come and informed Kamsa that Vasudev's son is not with him but is in some other place. Right? So, please get him over here. Now, it's, it's a very important link in the story. The link in the story is Narada. Okay? Narada is actually what we say is a con- conjunction. Is joining two worlds. Right? It is a point in our world where the two worlds get joined by transfer of information. Hmm? What do you call it? Router? Router, no? <laughs> so he's he's actually bringing information from there to here and from here to there. So Narada's job is extremely important. He is the main source of transfer of information from here to there. And in our material world also, we have this very important person. Alright, so Narada informed Kamsa that Krishna has been born as a son of Vasudev, Lord Krishna and Lord Balram. The vanquisher of heroic opponents laughed when they heard Akrura's words. The Lord then informed their father, Nanda Maharaj, of King Kamsa's order. Nanda Maharaj issued orders to the cowherd men by having the village constable make the following announcement throughout Nanda's domain of Raja. Go collect all the available milk products, bring valuable gifts and yoke your wagons. Tomorrow we shall go to Mathura. Present our milk products to the king and see a very great festival. The residents of all the outlying districts are also gone. So, Nanda Maharaj, who is the titular head of that particular place, issues an order that everybody is supposed to now pack their bags, get the milk. Milk is because they were gualas, remember this. And their main commodity, the thing that they are selling, is called milk. So, he says, We will take the milk milk products and we will go to the city. When the young gopis heard that Akrura had come to Raja to take Krishna and Balram to the city, they become extremely distressed. Now the gopis know Krishna is going to go from there. Some gopis felt so pained at heart that their faces turned pale from the heavy breathing. Others were so anguished by their dresses, bracelets and braids became loose. Other gopis entirely stopped their sensory activities and became fixed in meditation on Krishna. They lost all awareness of the external world, just like those who attained the platform of Self-Realization. This is is a very peculiar verse where it tells you that what actually happens when a person reaches the state of Self-Realization. Now in the state of the material world, everything is chaos, is chaotic, everything is going around here and there. There is too much of activity, too much of things going on. But the moment a person reaches the state of realization, everything becomes shant, peace, quiet. What is the next thing that happens? A state where nothing happens, absolutely a state of nothingness. 
A person has reached the state of nothingness. <clears throat> Think about it. No thoughts. Nothing to trouble you. No people around you. Absolute stillness. Peace. Quiet. No desire of any kind. You are not even thinking, I have to eat, I have to drink, I have to sit, I have to get up, I have to walk, I have to run. No such thought. You can see with your eyes, you can hear with your ears, you can smell with your nose and yet nothing is affecting you. Everything is still. Everything is in a state of complete placidity. As if the whole world has come to a standstill. That is a state. The state of self-realization is a state of blissfulness. Bliss is not about happiness. Bliss is not about sadness also. Bliss is not about reaching some state. It's not about that. You are not reaching anywhere. You are not going anywhere. You are doing nothing. And it is also a state which doesn't involve any movement of any kind. There are no likes, there are no dislikes. You may be sitting in one place and yet there is no pain. There is no pleasure also. Pleasure in the sense, oh you are, you are now you have gone to Spiti Valley. You know, I am sure some of you may know or you have seen in that, you know, three idiots, the last scene on the lake. Hmm? She comes with the helmet and riding that bike. And you see that blue lake over there? Now imagine that scene, you are going over there. How does your heart feel? It feels ah, as if you know you have achieved something. Maybe after eating a piece of nice cake or an ice cream, you feel so trupt, trupt we say, na? satisfied. Complete satisfaction. Or you know, I'm sure you know most of you have seen cat videos. You know, cat videos in the in the YouTube and various other channels. And the cat is finished drinking the milk or she has finished eating something. And she is... You should see her face. She is completely full of satisfaction, peace and everything. It is not even that state. It is not a state where a person is feeling satisfied with something. Satisfaction only comes after you fulfill your wishes, isn't it? Suppose your wish is to eat an ice cream and after you have eaten the ice cream, then you feel satisfied. But that is a temporary phase. This state of blissful is a permanent feature. It's constant, it doesn't change. And that is a state every self-realized person is reaching. So, he is saying it is as if these people, the gopis, have reached a state of self-realization. And still other young women fainted simply by remembering the words of Lord Krishna. Sorry. Those words. I didn't say sorry. Sorry. is <laughs> his name. Those words decorated by wonderful phrases and expressed with affectionate smiles would deeply touch the young girl's hearts. So, when Krishna used to speak, he used to speak in a very beautiful lilting tones, the way his voice would carry and it was completely mesmerizing. The, the entire scene around would be completely, everybody would be like that. Hmm? The gopis were frightened at the prospect of even the briefest separation from Lord Mukunda. 
So now, as they remembered him, his graceful gait, his pastimes, his affectionate smiling glances, his heroic deeds and his joking words, which would relieve their distress, they were besides themselves with anxiety at the thought of the great separation about to come. They gathered in groups and spoke to one another, their faces covered with tears and their minds fully absorbed in Achyuta. The gopis said, O Providence, you have no mercy. You bring embodied creatures together in friendship and love and then senselessly separate them before they fulfill their desires. This whimsical play of yours is like a child's game. Everybody has gone through a state of this kind in their life. Most of the people actually go through this state where they have met someone, they have fallen in love and now there is separation going to happen. At that point in time, everybody says to the Lord, why is this to happen? Why should this happen? This should not have happened. Why is this going to happen? So, it says, why is nature playing this kind of a whimsical game? There is no explanation for it. You really wonder, what is it that is happening? Why should it happen? It's exactly how the gopis are feeling. They do not understand why these two friends have to separate or two lovers have to separate. There is no way of knowing this. Having shown us Mukunda's face, framed by dark locks and beautified by his fine cheeks, raised nose and gentle smiles which eradicate all misery, you are now making that face invisible. This behavior of yours is not at all good. So, what are they saying? They are saying to the nature, why are you doing like this? This beautiful person who was there in front of us, <coughs> he is now going away. Why should this happen? Oh, providence. So they are talking to God. Providence. Providence is nature as well. Providence is Maya. Providence is the Lord. Providence is God. Providence is everything. Providence is also known by another name. Destiny. It is a destiny which takes somebody close or somebody far away. So, O Providence, though you come here in the name of Akrura, so the Providence is supposed to have taken a form. You are indeed cruel, for like a fool you are taking away what you once gave us. Those eyes with which we have seen, even in one feature of Lord Madhu, Madhudvisa's form, the perfection of your entire creation. So they are blaming the Divine Lord. Alas, Nanda's son, who breaks loving friendship in a second, will not even look directly at us. Forcibly brought under his control, we abandoned our homes, relatives, children and husbands just to serve him. But he is always looking for new lovers. A very, very philosophical statement. When you look at Krishna, you will think that he is a human being or a person or something like that. No. The Divine Lord stays inside of you in the form of the Spirit. Does the Spirit ask your permission when it has to go? No. It just goes away. Does it bother whether you are going to feel bad or everybody around you is going to feel bad? No. When the spirit has to go away, 
there is no feeling bad there is no feeling good you cannot take it back you cannot bring anything you cannot do anything so krishna is described over here as the soul or the spirit or the inner being and the gopi is this human being the person who is a devotee of the lord so the gopi is saying something very very strange they are saying mukunda doesn't even bother did you understand this krishna doesn't bother he doesn't look back he doesn't say you have spent such a beautiful life with me does the spirit say it goes in retrospection ah kaise tha acha tha you know uh, just just think about it does the spirit say that or it just cut there itself and just vanish so the divine lord which is there in every human being every person every creature in this planet earth suddenly vanishes doesn't look back there are no stories there is nothing 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 there is no emotional impact also it is a clean cut halal cut they say no like that so the spirit just goes away so it says and is looking for new lovers the last verse last line what does new lovers mean another body another body to look at the spirit is constantly going to keep on going in another body in another body in another body in another body why because your desires are com- not at all completed you have to fulfill them in the next one so your spirit will go into the next one and the next one and the next one so here krishna who is called the supreme spirit or the divine lord he is not going to look back and is going to search for another lover another body the dawn following this night will certainly be auspicious for the woman of mathura all their hopes will now be fulfilled for as the lord of raja enters their city they will be able to drink from his face the nectar of the smiles emanating from the corners of his eyes now some other person some other being some other place will get to meet krishna krishna is going away from this place and going to mathura so mathura is fortunate enough is what these gopis are saying oh gopi although our mukunda is intelligent and very obedient to his parent once he has fallen under the spell of the honey sweet words of the woman of mathura and has been enchanted by the alluring shy smiles how will he ever return to us unsophisticated village girls what is the meaning of these words unsophisticated village girls we all live our life thinking just like that the devotee always thinks that there is a fruit at the end of that branch can you understand this a devotee always believes <coughs> that the lord is within their grasp there is a fruit at the end of it so the devotee's ultimate thing is i would like you to think of ramkrishna paramahansa 
or any of the great sages think about it when all the great saints of this world when they have achieved the divine remember we spoke of self realization sometime back now we are talking of reaching the state of divine when they have reached the lord what happens after that you have reached remember this you have reached everybody has gone over there after that there is a big vacuum the vacuum is because if you have certain agenda in your life then you are finished there should be no agenda when you reach the state of the lord the next thing to do is not become a vegetable not just sit over there ah like that no nothing like that is ever going to happen you are going to get kicked out of that place you are going to go away you have to go back to the the job that you were doing in your world you understand the gopis after krishna goes back may cry for a few days but they will have to go back to becoming the gwalas and the gopis that they were there is no going back anywhere after any human being any person who is a devotee of the lord reaches the state of realization after that there is nothing if you don't understand this statement let me give you an example from the mount everest point of view you are a climber you are a mountaineer what is your highest goal your highest goal is to reach the highest of the mountain which is called mount everest isn't it now you are making all preparations just like every devotee makes preparation just like every person sadhaka makes preparations of reading the scriptures and doing all the sadhanas necessary you are also doing all your preparations you go along with the guide the guide or the guru whoever is guiding you to reach the top and finally somehow after a very treacherous climb you have reached the state of the highest point of mount everest you have reached over there now what the only thing you can do is maybe plant a flag over there or write your name you know how people write in india you will find the right names on the trees or on the temple walls they'll take the black stuff and they'll write all over the place you see, go to any of the temples in india you will find that somebody will already have written their name over there pen mein likhenge ya something like that so like that you have reached mount everest you have written your name now what is next sir you can't stay there there is zero <laughs> zero air over there you better come down to earth so you have to climb down and after you climb down what happens think what happens after that nothing happens you can only consider yourself as having achieved something after that what nothing then what is your job you know what their job is the job is not after that any way concerned 
okay with the lord remember there was somebody who was climbing with you that mountaineer huh tenzing norge if you are <laughs> the great person edmund hillary there is a tenzing norge with you by the way now this tenzing norge says mr hillary you have now reached the top okay you have planted your flag also by the way i have reached it hundreds of times you are just coming once you see every time another another edmund comes i have to bring him up so one is you can write about it two you can become like me you can also become a guide if you want now you have seen the path no so you can also become a guide you can tell other people how what where why you can also give them an experience how things have happened so after reaching that state every devotee see like ramakrishna parmansa either becomes a teacher or writes books or just sits giving experiences to other people giving certain amount of knowledge that's it that is all the job that he has to do in this world those who reach the state of self realization or reach the state the highest state which is called the mount everest as we say you know reaching god so the gopis are saying this that now krishna is going to go away to mathura after that what he is going to go and go and look at other girls over there he is going to get enchanted by that so do you understand edmund hillary then has to look at other girls means he has to look at other mountain climbers isn't it so it is like that so and then what about these people we are unsophisticated we have become like in a chalta hai like that when the dasaras bhojas andakas vishnis and satvatas see the son of devaki in mathura they will certainly enjoy a great festival in the eyes as will all those who see him traveling along the road of the city after all he is the darling of the goddess of fortune and the reservoir of all the transcendental qualities so everybody else over there in that city is going to rejoice isn't it because when they see krishna coming over there everybody is going to rejoice and after all he is he is literally wherever he goes he is going to bring pleasure to everybody maybe money pleasure fortune whatever he who is doing this merciless deed should not be called akrura okay krur krur means cruel cruel akrur means kind so the gopis are saying how can he be kind he is a very villainous person he is taking our krishna away from us <laughs> so he should be called krur not a krur ho huh? villain is a big villain in our world he is so extremely cruel that without even trying to console the sorrowful residents of raja he is taking away krishna who is more dear to us than life itself they are very disappointed with akrura they hate him from the bottom of their heart he is only an <laughs> envoy he is saying okay fine i am going to take you from here to there but isn't that what happens we blame the other person we blame every other being in this planet earth <clears throat> i remember a few months back i had said this story to you all you know there was this girl who was in love with one person and now she meets another person so 
the other the person whom he has left that woman wants to beat this other woman up and he's literally throwing things she went to this person's house and destroyed the entire house destiny is like that why are we blaming people people are just pawns p a w n s remember this they are just pawns somebody comes and somebody goes just now only we said no krishna he comes and he goes halal cut we cannot say why that happened and where this is going to happen it is destiny everything is so predestined everything is written down we cannot even say why this has happened because it is anyway going to happen it has to happen what is the point in getting upset about it but the gopis they are blaming akrura for it akrura is just doing his job <laughs> remember this akrura is just doing his job there is no way in which he can get out of it so so they are blaming akrura for it hard hearted krishna has already mounted the chariot and now the foolish cowherds are hurrying after him in their bullock carts even the elders are saying nothing to stop him today fate is working against us i think we all identify with this statement is it it everybody identifies with this statement look krishna is so shameless he's just gone and sat in that chariot and he's going away he doesn't even give a damn about us we are sitting over here crying for him and here he's just going away death life doesn't wait for anybody by the way this kind of things which we talk about krishna or the divine being inside of us has no emotions you should know this it comes when it comes and it goes when it goes it things happen the when they are supposed to happen it is human beings with their emotions that become very emotional about all these kind of things see remember this sometimes you laugh sometimes you cry there is always a time for laughing and there is always a time for crying some people will laugh at sometimes some people will cry at sometimes others will laugh at another time and others will cry at another time you think that is not going to happen anyway it's going to happen so those who have children born in their house they are very happy somebody is dying they are very sad you think that cycle doesn't go on everywhere the cycle goes on but what is the point in blaming krishna for it you have already come written with your destiny you are responsible for your destiny because you have set it on you have put your destiny on you have put the switch on so why are you bothered so much about it the only thing which you can do is go to the state of blissfulness where nothing hurts you no good no bad <laughs> no happiness no sadness remember that remember the statement which i said what is the state of self realization it's a state of blissfulness if somebody is dying or somebody is born you think a self realized person is bothered about it it doesn't affect him because he is not there he is not there there in that body i'm sorry he doesn't exist he is not even there to experience the flow of energy or anything around him he doesn't have that kind of a no connectivity illa 
Okay. <clears throat> so, he who is doing this merciless deed should not be called Akrura. So, we have finished that. Today, fate is working against us. Let us directly approach Madhava and stop him from going. What can our family elders and other relatives do for us? Now that fate is separating us from Mukunda, our hearts are already wretched. For we cannot bear to give up his association even for a fraction of a second. When he brought us to the assembly of the Rasa dance, where we enjoyed his affectionate and charming glances, smiles, his delightful secret talks, his playful glances and his embraces, we passed many nights as if they were a single moment. O Gopi, how can we possibly cross over the insurmountable darkness of his absence? How can we exist without Ananta's friend Krishna? Who is the evening who in the evening would return to Raja in the company of the cowherd boys? His hair and garlands powdered with the dust raised by the cow's hooves, as we played his flute, he who ca- would captivate our minds with his smiling sidelong glances. In these two lines, there is a very important lesson that we need to learn. Do you know what the lesson is? The lesson is simply this. When you are within that particular state or in that particular place no one in this world enjoys it we are always thinking of the future or we are thinking about the past do you know that i'll give you an example let us say you are enjoying a very beautiful meal okay you are eating a payasam and after that you are going to eat a ice cream or maybe a paan khaike paan banaraswala after you are eaten a nice meal you are tasting the payasam and then you are saying oh this payasam is just like what my mother used to make or the last time's payasam was better than this time Or you will say, oh, there is little bit of sugar missing in this. We are never in that moment, by the way. We are not thinking that we are eating this payasam at this moment in time. We are thinking, mere ne banaya tha, wo kitna acha tha. Memory. You know, flashback. Flashback aata hai na picture mein. Waisa, flashback aara hai. Ya fir usme missing hai, usme fault find karne ka. या फिर उसमें प्रॉब्लम्स है या फिर समथिंग और दर योर माइंड इज ऑलवेज वॉन्डरिंग हेयर देर 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 एवरीवेयर यू आर नॉट इन दैट प्लेस एंड वेन यू आर ईटिंग पायसम यू आर थिंकिंग मैं आइसक्रीम का है ना दो नहीं तीन स्कूप लेगा अरे पायसम खा रहा है उसके बारे में सोच आइसक्रीम तीन स्कूप लेगा उसके बारे में सोच रहा है अच्छा उसके ऊपर है ना मैं ना नट्स भी डालेगा और वो चॉकलेट भी डालेगा फिर उसके बाद लेट मी आल्सो ट्राई दैट स्ट्रॉबेरी फ्लेवर बस यू आर हीटिंग पायसम एंजॉय दैट ब्लडी पायसम थिंकिंग ऑफ समथिंग एल्स वी नेवर आर देयर इन दैट मोमेंट लाइफ इज पासिंग अस बाय एवरी मिनट एंड देन वी रू इट यू नो हाउ वी रू इट वी कम टू द आइसक्रीम एंड वी थिंक ऑफ यू नो मेरे ख्याल से टूडे आई शुड टेकन हाफ हाफ अ कटोरी ऑफ पायसम मोर है 
half a quarter you are some more you are thinking of yeah maybe next time you are going to become an akal pidit person you know you might go to the desert or some such place khane ko nahi milne wala or or there are people who love to eat so much of biryani ke na agle din ka bhi biryani ek din mein kha jayenge barabar hai na फिर नेक्स्ट डे क्या होने वाला है नेक्स्ट डे तो स्टमक एक भी आएगा पेन भी आएगा प्रॉब्लम भी होएगा तो थिंक वी आर नेवर सेटिस्फाइड विद दैट टुडे वी आर ऑलवेज लुकिंग एट दैट टुमारो और येस्टरडे बी देयर इन दैट मोमेंट सो द गोपीज आर सेइंग समथिंग दे आर डे ड्रीमिंग अबाउट यू नो जब वो कृष्णा था इन द ईयर नाइनटीन वेन इंडिया गेन इंडिपेंडेंस बॉस कैन यू कम डाउन टू टूडेज डे एंड एज नो when indira gandhi was there when rajiv gandhi was there what abhi rajiv gandhi indira gandhi nahi abhi hai na abhi mr modi there modi ke bare mein baat karo wo kya kar rahe hain unko madad karo save save the nation do whatever you want to make it a great nation make in india or whatever do something no when they were there no we are going to think about the future when he is going to get defeated boss why are you bothered about it यार यार अभी अभी सो दिस इज अ वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट लेसन फॉर अस टू अंडरस्टैंड दैट देर इज नो पॉइंट इन ट्राइंग टू थिंक अबाउट द फ्यूचर और द पास्ट बी इन दैट मोमेंट कृष्णा इज गोइंग बी विथ हिम दैट लिटिल मोमेंट डोंट ट्राई टू वेस्ट इट दैट लिटिल टाइम दैट यू गेट नो नेवर वेस्ट दैट लिटिल टाइम ऑल्सो बिकॉज यू आर गोइंग टू बी वेरी मच इन ट्रबल ऑल राइट How can we exist without Ananta's friend Krishna? We did that. Sukhdev Goswami said, after speaking these words, the ladies of Raja were so attached to Krishna, he felt extremely agitated by the imminent separation from him. They forgot all shame and loudly cried, "Oh Govinda, oh Damodara, oh Madhava!" But even the gopis cried out in this way. Akrura, having a sunrise performed, his morning worship and other duties began to drive the chariot. Led by Lord Nand Maharaj, the cowherd men followed behind Lord Krishna in their wagons. The men brought along offering from the king, including clay pots filled with ghee and other milk products. With his glances, Lord Krishna somewhat pacified the gopis, and they also followed behind for some time. Then, hoping that he would give them some instruction, they stood still. As he departed, the best of the yadus saw how the gopis were lamenting, and thus he consoled them by sending a messenger with this loving promise: "I will return." you know in the entire book krishna will never be shown returning back so is this promise real or is it fake <clears throat> this is something which we those who follow this text will not understand the difference is i will return and i am already there this is something which nobody understands when the divine lord goes away i told you you have reached the state of mount everest you have reached the top can any person take that state away from you can you take that state away can somebody say 
Oh, Edmund Hillary never reached over there. <laughs> Can they say that Edmund Hillary has already gone? Put us, put a, you know, put one janda over there and come back. Can you take that state away? The state can never be taken away. Remember this. When he says, I am going to return, it is not about returning this way. It is about, I am already with you. Physically, I appear to have gone down or gone away. Physically, the body seems to go away from the place. But the spirit never leaves that place. You should know this. You understand what I am saying? The spirit never goes. Spirit always is, 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 is. And the story will continue. Sometime in the future, you may ask this question, this Krishna return. Physically also. It's a separate story, I will tell you. So now think about it when Krishna says these words and Jesus says these words on the cross. I will return. Does Jesus return? You may say, oh he came back. Did you see him? No. Nobody recognized him. Why? Because Jesus didn't come in the original form. We are so much enchanted by a physical presence of the person. Think about it. Those who have lost some people in their world, they are so much bothered about the physical presence of that person. We want to see that physical body. Sorry, Jesus Christ will never return as a body. Krishna will never come as a body. Krishna is always existing. Jesus is always existing. The person you have lost is already with you. Can you understand that? He has never gone away. Just like I told you, you have reached Mount Everest. Can anybody take that away from you? Nobody can. I don't know whether these four lines of mine will ever click. But if they do, you will know what it means to be with that person. Jesus is, Krishna is, the person you have lost is and nobody can take when you have achieved Mount Everest, the highest peak, the pinnacle of success. Nobody can take it away. You may come down from there. The physical body may not exist, but the spirit always is. Okay, so remember this. Sending their minds after Krishna, the gopis stood as motionless as figures in a painting. They they remained there as long as the flag atop the chariot was visible and even until they could no longer see the dust raised by the chariot wheels. The gopis then turned back without hope that Govinda would ever return to them. Full of sorrow, they began to spend their days and nights chanting about the pastimes of their beloved. Yesterday's newspaper, yesterday's entire internet was carrying a very, very sad face of a person. That person is Celine Dion. Have you seen? She lost her husband and she lost her son in a span of two, three days. She was 
near her her husband's body completely full of shadow the face was completely drawn there was no way in which you could see happiness in her face every minute over there was saying can you come back can you come back can you come back can you come back every every minute of that life of that lady over there is saying can you please come back nobody came back the physical body has to be consigned either to a grave or to the fire somewhere but that is the physical aspect of life the spiritual aspect never goes away so these gopis understand this and they go back to thinking about him the past times of the lord <clears throat> my dear king the supreme lord krishna traveling as swiftly as the wind in the chariot with lord balrama and akrura arrived at the river kalindi which destroys all sins the river sweet water was more effulgent than the brilliant jewels after lord krishna had touched it for purification he drank some from his hand then he had the chariot moved near the grove of trees and climbed back on along with balram this is a very interesting thing which krishna does krishna goes near the river you know when it's a it's a very accepted fact that people when they go to ganga kinare or when they go to the holy rivers they say take a dip in the river right the dip is for normal human beings is for the people those who come to get purified those who come to get purified do you understand this people come to get purified by dunking themselves in the river water or when somebody is dead they dunk that entire body in the river but when the holy man goes over there when krishna goes over there the only thing he does he puts his feet only his feet in the water and touches the water with his hands a little bit that is all he does this is the spiritual aspect of that krishna is giving something to the water he is giving the spirituality in the water he is not taking it away remember this whereas every individual in this world comes over there to take spirituality from that place there is a difference when people go to meet the lord when they go to the church or they go to the temple they go over there to take and the lord is over there waiting to give can you understand these two differences we human beings are always wanting to get merko de merko de merko de i want i want i want i want i want and i want that is all that we human beings do so when somebody goes to the river they are gone there to take something from the river they have not gone there to give divinity is given by the divine and those who are seeking it are the seekers so there is a difference between these two always remember this the river sweet water was more effulgent than brilliant jewels after lord krishna had touched it for purification he drank some from his hand 
Then he said, had the chariot moved near the groove of the trees and climbed back on along with Balram. <coughs> Akrura asked the two lords to take their seat in the chariot. Then taking their permission, he went to the pool in the Yamuna and took the bath as enjoined in the scriptures. I hope you understand these lines. While immersing himself in the water and reciting eternal mantras from the Vedas, Akrura suddenly saw Balram and Krishna before him. Akrura thought, How can the two sons of Anakadudumbi, who are sitting in the chariot, be standing here in the water? They must have left the chariot. But when he came out of the river, there they were in the chariot just as before. Asking himself, Was the vision I had of them in the water an illusion? Akrura re-entered the pool. We always want to pinch ourselves, you know. If we get a vision, we always think, Oh, is that true? Is that true? Is that true? You know, how many times we have all had dreams, you know. In the dreams, you think, Oh, is that the truth? I think so. Or was it a dream? I really don't know. Can I go back to that state once again and see for myself whether I continue from where I left? And we have this habit of going back to sleep again. You know, putting all the chadar back. Okay, let me go back. You know, rewind. Rewind karte hain log. Sir, that is the truth. Only thing is you are not understanding. This is an illusion sort of to the human beings. So, <coughs> so what he does? Akrura re-entered the pool. Then Akrura now saw Ananta Sesha, the lord of the serpent receiving praise from the Siddhas, Charanas, Gandharvas and the demons, who all had their heads bowed. The personality of Godhead whom Akrura saw had thousands of heads, thousands of hoods and thousands of helmets. His blue garment and his fair complexion as white as the filament of the lotus stem made him appear while Kailash mountain with his many peaks. Akrura then saw the Supreme Personality of Godhead lying peacefully on the lap of Lord Anandasis. The complexion of that Supreme Person was like that of dark blue cloud. He wore yellow garments and had four arms and reddish lotus petal eyes. His face looked attractive and cheerful with its smiling, endearing glances and loving, eye- lovely eyebrows. It raised nose and finely formed ears and its beautiful cheeks and the reddish lips. The Lord's Broad shoulders and expansive chest were beautiful and his arms long and stout. His neck resembled a conch shell. His navel was deep and his abdomen bore lines like those of a banyan leaf. He had large loins and hips, thighs like the elephant's trunk and shapely knees and shanks. His raised ankles reflected the brilliant effulgence emanating from the nails of his petal-like toes, which beautified his lotus feet. Adorned with the helmet, bracelets and arms, which were all bedecked with many priceless jewels and also with a belt and sacred thread, necklaces, ankle bells and earrings, the Lord shone with dazzling effulgence. In one hand, he held a lotus flower. In the other, a conch shell, discus and club. Gracing his chest was the Srivatsa mark, the brilliant Kaustub gem and a flower garland. Encircling the Lord and worshipping him were Nanda, Sunanda and his other personal attendants. Sanaka and the other Kumaras, Brahma, Rudra and other chief demigods, the nine chief Brahmanas and the best of the saintly devotees headed by Prahlad, Narada, Uparichara, Vasu, each of these great personalities were worshipping the Lord by chanting sanctified words of praise in his own mood, unique mood. 
<coughs> also in attendance were the lord's principal internal potency shri pushti gir kanti kriti tusti ila and urja and were his material potencies vidya avidya and maya and his internal potency shakti as a great devotee akrura beheld all this he became extremely pleased and felt enthused and transcendental with a transcendental devotion his intense ecstasy caused his bodily hairs to stand on end and tears to flow from his eyes drenching his entire body somehow managing to steady himself akrura bowed his head on the ground then he joined his palms in supplication and in a voice choked with emotion very slowly and attentively began to pray now the last four lines but describing the dear lord the way he is the effulgence the way he sleeps so on and so forth how the ananta shesha is is a description of shri vishnu the vishnu avatar of his and everything in attendance to him everybody over there all his weapons his arms everything is in attendance plus there was a lot of things which was mentioned when they said so many devotees are around him and then something else also was said the internal potencies shri pushti gir kanti kirti tusti ila and urja what are these these are called internal potencies or powers someday i will explain them to you then there are other things like vidya avidya vidya is knowledge avidya is ignorance and the third one is illusion called maya these are all his internal potencies or shakti so we have come to the end of the chapter so we'll stop over here next time when we open i shall try to give you an explanation of this last three lines in this starting from in attendance of lord's principal in internal potencies i will try to give you the meaning of those words those are the potencies or the powers which the lord has and how do they play a very very important role in every human being's life all of us have these internal potencies within us so how do they play an important part that is the thing we shall cover so we have come to the end of it so we can stop over here